Hello and welcome to the Gossip Stone podcast, where we will talk about the Ocarina of Time randomizer, focusing primarily on the racing and competitive scenes, but also talking about various other related topics for the community as a whole. So, to introduce your host today, uh, I'm Yoshikiya. Hi, Mimo Soda. And I'm Riley. And for today's episode, we'll be talking about the tournament season three tournament recap. And not just the races, we'll be talking from the tournament from the beginning, go over, we'll still go over the races, of course, that happened this week, but we'll also go more in depth with the six remaining players left in this tournament and how they've been faring since. But first, as always, we'll be talking about the weekly races from this past week. And just a quick shout out here to Shadow for all the behind the scenes tech editing sound checks, uh, being cool and the various other things he does to su help support the podcast as well as uh, and talk to all right let's get on with the the weekly recap shall we the any weekly this week was pretty weird i want to say overall so first things first there was zl at burning cack and to get that zl you had to dip the bottom of the well without it to get a hammer because fire was i think was a fire medallion i want to say that was kind of like kind of a weird play that not a lot of people like to make because going into a an area with without being able to full clear like that is kind of annoying. But you got storms with here in DMC, so I mean it, it kind of makes sense. You don't get the feel like ZL is there, but it just happens. Um, the mo the thing that I feel like a lot of people missed out on this seed was the long shot in Stone Shadow. I mean it was just in the Hoverboost chest, but. A lot of people metagamed that out because it was not really the best play. And there's also irons in GTG and and the gold scale in there. There's also a scale on uh, double way zero CAC, which was actually had four required items, which was minuet for forest access. Zelda's lullaby from burning CAC. It was only needed to for the water for the raising and lowering the water and water temple actually to see and nothing else. Like there's nothing else to locked, which was pretty interesting. Uh, Rudo's letter, which was on. 10 skulls, I want to say, which obviously for Jabu and then the scale on chickens for Jabu access. Um, but otherwise, the seed was pretty fun. I'd say there's a lot of things, like I said, that people could have gone slept on a bit, like the long shot or the, the irons and GTG or slash the gold scale because they were both in there. But yeah, otherwise, uh, Solid any weekly. Uh, first place went to Goomba ninety with a two twenty nine thirty five, so it's a pretty reasonable time. Otherwise, yeah, that's pretty much the any weekly. That has a lot of similarities with all the seeds I've been running this past week or so. I've had three seeds that have Zeal on Ocarina of Time. This one had Zeal on Burning Cack, and then yeah, Zeal on Burning Cack and OT is basically the same in terms of stuff you need to do in a weird way or where. Just slows running is down. more. It's, running is kind of, kind of more linear when CL is so deep because there's so less to do. It's one of those things as well where at first you like obviously with the OOT you get the hint for burning cat you usually don't, but by the time you figure it out at that point you start thinking about things like dipping into bottom of the well without it because you know it's so far away you know what how much you're missing to get there, so you start considering okay, maybe I have to do Bottom of the Well without ZL, because ZL is so many steps away from where I am already. 
I actually had a triple cack last night. That was fun for Way the Hero. Moving on to the EU Weekly. Just a couple like main things that led to also a pretty fast seed overall. Uh, Song of Storms was Way of the Hero and Crater, which led to two different areas that you needed to go to. Uh, you had to get the Mirror Shield in Kakuri Forest from that grotto for Song of Storms. And then uh, Bob of the Well was also loaded. <laughs> it had a boomerang and letter for a medallion Jabu. And then also the bomb bag. The only one that I'm pretty sure most racers got in the seed. Like the, the other two were just bomb locked or otherwise inaccessible. So you had to go to the bomb of the well for three different items and the Kakuri Forest Grotto. Uh, once you did that, you could also get tripped up by these strength two in the Redead Grotto in Kakariko. <laughs> because the bombs were in bomb of the well. So if you put off bomb of the well um either into like a child two segment or uh what if you do a long child one segment but you don't do bomb the well because song of storms was in crater right so uh there's also skull mask bow uh which did lead a lot of people to do a long child one um where you would kind of put off bomb the well for your child two if you had to do it um i don't know it's kind of a weird dynamic in play like you had to go to two separate areas I'll, i mean kakuri forest grotto is pretty easy to get to but once you did all that uh all the rest of the progression was behind strength two more or less and yeah, not too bad overall i guess the key question here is how many chews were available uh if i remember correctly there was 10 in the dmc wall as well yeah, those were both. like the only 10 accessible there's also another bow in in uh if you did early adult in the goron city maze so that was a lot of good info a lot of people could if they just did early adult you just completely skip the skull mask quest which was obviously it's very time committing yeah i mean it was an early skull mask hint too so you're more likely to just keep doing child for that skull mask like for me personally i just rushed it but um yeah, it's kind of a split between what do you think on Skull Mask and then what do you think about Bomb of the Well. And if you don't mind doing both of those, it just it's a free seed. Right. This is it's like the bow on Skull Mask is pretty interesting because if you don't get another bow in Child, you kind of want to squeeze it in because if you don't have to come back Child and that's your only bow, that kind of feels bad to leave behind kind of situation, right? Like, do you yeah. want it? Because it can be pretty important, but there's three of them, so could just be completely useless which you don't really know until you adult so a lot of the time too right like you could just get a bow in early adult cac it's super common to do, you know get an item like that that has three different ones that you can get in the scene like bomb egg so it's i don't know it's a i think it's like multiple different things about the seed that if you just you, you just get super punished by it mm-hmm easy to get punished but if you make the right calls then it's a pretty good seed yep and then first place here was zephyr and a 226.39 so pretty fast similar weeklies time. yeah, yeah similar very times. similar and on to our main topic uh for today is the season three tournament recap so uh we're just going to go through the placements thus far um for all the players that were in the tournaments Alrighty, so 25th, I guess our uh, bottom eight 
here, the 25th through 32nd all joint, so all the numbers we're seeing here are joint places, there's not really a difference between them. We have ATZ, Cloud Ike, Dylan Nebel, Just Sam, GS Kirox, uh, Riley, Sanzo, and Westifer. In 17th, we have Earl Weird, Salty Sponge, Mr. Mario, Killer App, Namaha, Glitchymon, Mean Mido, and Solly. And in 13th, from the matches we've discussed on previous episodes, we had Sea Falcon and Zeph. And then there are two more matches today to decide the other two players that would fall there. And that first match was the 5th seed, Juke, versus the 23rd seed, Gavaroni. And uh, I'll just say this by starting off. <laughs> this match was weird to watch because Juke basically didn't have uh, a stream up for like 40 minutes because his internet is always super weird. And so there's just 40 minutes of Juke just being a dark screen. But otherwise, Seed was pretty ball necked um, they both basically lacked location progression for a long time. They basically got a few things. They, I think they got a hook shot here and there. They got a few bomb chews, and then they got a strength. Then they got another strength. And with those, you had to go to GTG. And I think they got a Brutus letter there, I want to say. Which mm -hmm. made them do Jabu. And then after that, you're kind of stuck in a situation of where do I go? Uh, this is where... Juke lost most of his lead, where he ended up doing a completely empty uh, stone forest while Gav dodged it and just opted for the other stuff and found uh, hovers and fountain later on first and decided to just completely rush shadow right away, which I think at that point we we're only missing one item from drill mode, so that kind of makes sense. But he did end up coming back to, to uh, Ice Cavern which had a uh, Goma Mirror Shield on Iron Boots Chest and Ice. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Gavaroni ended up winning in uh, 253.48. Seed was kind of weird. Pretty ball like early means usually late game is just like chase progression, do progression, you get something in there. But this one was kind of like after the initial like bottleneck, there's like another kind of like 50-50 coin flip of, oh, do you do this or do that? Which, you know happens it's rando and yeah so juke another one of those that got 13 place hookshot bottlenecks are always like the weirdest ones as well because there's just so much that opens up all of a sudden and so like you know you can't fault juke at all for going into stone forest but at the same time you can't fault gab for avoiding it and it's not like you know one of them made the right call and it paid off or backfired or whatever it it's just basically a coin flip at that point and yeah, one of them made like pick the right one mm -hmm. i mean that's random <laughs> yeah and that's i mean i feel like it's speaking from experience it's these kinds of seed that are kind of really frustrating where you have two options but you don't feel like you made a wrong choice and you just end up not getting rewarded or not getting like and the choice you made not end up being right, which can be frustrating, but, you know. It's how I felt about a lot of the qualifier seeds for the tournament. They were very much like that. 
mean, mm-hmm. a lot of them were jet seeds, so you just kind of get that. Um, but Jake, Jake played out a really nice game in a lot of his uh, tournament matches. Uh, he only got, what, four matches in overall, but the ones that he won... And he just uh, slayed those seeds. Okay, yeah. Duke is Duke. He's obviously a well-known name in the community for a reason. Mm-hmm. Pretty talented at this video game that we uh, like to talk over. So, Alrighty, so the other person joining in 13th was the loser of Keizo versus Mr. Martin. Um, this, this had quite an interesting opening. So they got choose in bomb choose in mido's house and they both went to early grottos martin went into lake hylia and straight to fishing and then hints to get time of day while keizo went to get the owl realized he wasn't going to make it and save him like save and quit to do deku tree instead which led keizo into a three song route while martin went early adult and both of these just paid out massively there was so much in both sides uh, Keizo picks up Strength 2, Song of Storms, Nocturne, Requiem, which led to Zelda's Lullaby, uh, which led to Bellera in the Graveyard. And Martin's early adult got Prelude, uh, Bombs, Hover Boots, and Sunsong. So Keizo's paid out a lot more, but Martin's did make the child routing a little more efficient. Keizo goes into Bottom of the Well, finds a bow. And Martin goes to weigh the heroes or his domain in the meantime and finds iron boots. So suddenly they've got most of their items at this point. They've got a hell of a lot already. The problem being that Martin, as a child, played Minuet, got the song, and then left. And didn't touch Lost Woods at that point. Which had both of the strength upgrades. Or specifically, I think it was Kakiri Storms and one in Lost Woods. So Martin ends up going over to Gerudo Fortress, gets magic on horseback archery, goes into GTG with no hookshot or strength, finds the letter straight away, turns the letter in, goes to Ice Cavern and finds the boomerang in icy waters, as it always is. Um, Keizo, meanwhile, is following the strength too and some way of the heroes with songs. So it ends up going into spirit and finds both a hookshot and a scale in the child climb room. Now, Keizo's early routing, I'm pretty sure Keizo at this point hadn't seen it. Martin, at roughly the same time, around two hours in, goes to Lake Hylia, looks at the letter check and sees Din's fire. And so two hours in, they see Din's fire with Way of the Hero's shadow. So Martin, at that point, ends up going to Spirit, picks up the hookshot on the scale, but by that point, Keizo's done Forest and is basically done with Jabu, which Martin's already done by that stage. So they're roughly level, but Keizo has a Forest ahead. They're doing roughly the same things going through the dungeons. Stone Shadow has Strength 3. Martin bails to check it. It's magic again. They find a hammer. They both fall clear. Uh, Martin sets for us at one point, leaves to check, just the DMC fairy goes back, nothing else. They end up in stone fire. Martin leaves after the boss key chest because he doesn't have Pierre and there are no keys. Or, sorry, leaves after finding the boss key and there are no keys. The long shot, of course, is on the compass chest. 
So Martin leaves to go to fight Volvagia while Keizo runs forward, finds the long shot, and moves on to a win in 249-41. Okay, so that puts our 13th players, uh, tied for 13th in the tournament, uh, Sea Falcon, Juke, Zeph, and Mr. Martin. And our next match here is Phoenix Feather, the seventh seed, versus Nephistos, the third seed. Uh, this was a close one. Um, pretty much the whole way through, it was very... But both these players, both on a seeding perspective and just their skill level and execution, are very, very good. And they seem to be about the same, but... Um, yeah, let's just dive into this. So the stones are DC Fire Shadow, and the openers that each player picked. Uh, Phoenix Feather did a Deku start into early adult, and then back to three song, which is which is definitely a start that he prefers, I think. And as well as uh, what the hell's happened? Who's still in the tournament? Uh, he he jams that all day every day, and it's a, it's a good opener. Um, you get your time of day right. You get your early adult stuff in case there's items there, um, especially if they're for child. And you just do three song because everyone does three song. It's just a matter of, of when you do it, really. Um, and then Neff did three song with open grotto owl opener. Um, this is definitely one that I expected a lot of players in the tournament still remaining because how many players are left that are all French? Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a reason they're very good. The French community just as a whole. Um, yeah, they're they're just they're scary opponents. So, um, but but a lot of them do open Grotto Owl into three song because it sets up your time of day. You can get the late Kent. Uh, you don't get the two back late Kents, but um, you just do three song as fast as possible while also getting the open Grotto in field. And uh, with Spirit being a medallion, the the three strength locations we found out were thirty gold skulls, um, which was at the Temple of Time Hints, River Frogs one. This was the unhinted strength that Phoenix found, um, and he also got Skull Mask, whereas Neff grinded to 30 skulls uh, for one of the strength upgrades that he got. And that's a reason why he kind of lost a lot of time against Phoenix um, pretty mid-game in the seed. And the Skull Mask was also early hinted, but uh, Neff lost, though, because he didn't find the letter... It was a giant search for letter, basically, near the end of the seed. It was a go mode. Uh, it was the Gerudo Training Grounds eye statue, the one that you shoot. And Neff went to clear Fortress after Water Temple and chose not to go to GTG, actually. Uh, he was only missing Strength 2 at that point and had all the other items except for letter that was in GTG. Um, and then Phoenix letter also did a similar thing um did everything he could without hookshot in gtg because uh, he didn't want to do the hookshot list gtg strats to stay in logic uh, but did go back to fine letter anyway later on that, that's about it i mean this is a very close race both these players definitely could have gone through at this point but uh phoenix got his edges where he could gain them and it was just like a game of small edges and advantages. It was really cool to see. This is kind of what you want to see late in the tournament. So I think it was a, a cool match to watch for a lot of people out there. It's also really interesting to me when people make that decision to not go to something that is generally seen as like a top play. 
Um, I think a lot of people rate GTG very highly, and so it's really interesting to see a race where one of the one or both of the runners kind of make that call to not really delve into it too much. Yeah, it's something similar to Bomb of the Well, like uh, to go back to the weekly race uh, that Zephyr won. Uh, he asked me, he was like, what What did I do wrong on like, the last weekly that I did? And I was like, well, you didn't go to well early enough because it's just you're going to go there a lot of times, right? Mm-hmm. And so he did well early that seed, like sub hour or something like that. And almost everyone else just kind of panned it hour and a half, maybe sometime after. And it's also kind of a similar one, though. Um, do you go for it early? Do you choose not to go to it? Um, Ice Cavern's kind of in a similar situation. The kind of trifecta of Grudo Training Grounds, Ice Cavern, and Bomb of the Well, which, which is best in the seed. And uh, Phoenix Feather moves on to face the winner of our next match. Which is Rosca and Kezo. Um Loser's bracket round four. This one is not much to say about Kazel, who just previously beats um, Mr. Martin, mm-hmm. who's not up against Roscoe. Uh, Deceit. It was basically a big, big old jet seed, and then, like, they had, were they missing, like, two items from Go Mode, I want to say? Maybe three? Oh, here's a 50 Skulls hint that says Mary Shield is on 50 Skulls. Half fun collecting skulls for 40 minutes, which was basically what the seed was. They basically did their opening route. Everything, almost everything was on the way. I think Roska missed the bow in open grotto for a little bit while Kezo got it because he did uh, open grotto to Owl into three song. While Roska went and did early adult. I think he did early dick went to early adult, actually. And so he didn't go there until he did a child lake like over an hour so that's like the only thing that could have that kind of tripped him up, but otherwise, like the bow didn't really lock anything. So, but Kazo saw that hint uh, about ten minutes earlier than Roscoe for fifty skulls, so he started just routing them in. And at that point, before they got mirror shield, they were just mi- missing magic for go mode. Kazo goes into water, and magic is just on Morpha, so he just collects like he was missing like ten skulls after that, and was basically in go mode. So. Seed is not much for its itself to say. Uh, the 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 skull this fifty skull hint itself was maybe like the only weird thing to actually get the seed, which is weird to say, because it was at the top of river. I want to say, and the only reason neither either of them got it is because domain was also way the hero for a hook shot. So they both just did river right after because they're right next to it. But yeah, Kazo ended up winning because he. Just route it more efficiently to seed, and it being a jet that just works out in your favor all the time. So, Kazo won with a 222 uh, to 38 in a 50 skulls seed, which is pretty impressive. So, uh, Kazo's gonna move on to face Phoenix Feather in the next round. And our next match is Gavaroni, the 23rd seed, versus Mo Killa, the 9th seed. This was an interesting match for sure. Uh, before the race even started, like maybe an hour beforehand in the Discord, I think, um, for a random randomizer, both the players kind of jokingly, hey, what if we did like a bet and like the loser has to do something? It was like, okay, yeah, sure, whatever, man, Kappa, like kind of joshing around. 
And then uh, then they just kind of agreed to a bet for pizza, I think, that the loser had to pay for. I don't know if it was real, but it was like kind of being thrown around before the race. Just kind of kind of funny. Um, but yeah, this is a very close finish. Um, there's a difference of one minute and 18 seconds. Man, the, the, the end of the race, this race was great. But uh, before we get there, Gavaroni did early adult, um, did a dip to CAC and Graveyard, then went immediately back to Child 3 Song. Mokela did 3 Song, um, jammed that first, got first hook shot on Child Fishing, routed in Lake. Um, aside from that, uh, they were just l looking for one more item um, late into the seed, and this time it was Boomerang which happened to be in the sunblock room. Mokilla skipped us earlier in the seed when clearing Spirit as a progression dungeon. Uh, it was a medallion in the seed. And then Gavaroni, I think, just didn't go child side, so uh, he found the BK. I forget where it was in the seed, but just had to go search that. Or I think maybe he didn't even do Spirit at that point. But anyway, um, the, the search for Rang here, Mokilla searched for it for 33 minutes, uh, from like 2.57 to 3.30, and then Gavaroni searched for it for 26 minutes, 3.09 to 3.35, so found it later than Mokilla, but it took him less time. Um, the only thing is Gavaroni didn't have requ Requiem, so he couldn't have gotten to that part of Spirit for a while once he did skip over the things he did. Um, Gavroni also had no bow when he first dipped spirit and to get the sunblock room chest, you can use a strat called uh, bow crap, uh, collectively in the community. Um, it's where you try to get the sunblock room without any magic when you do have a bow. So you just collect all the rupees and you do a backflip and you light the torches that way through the torch. Cool. Uh, but he just didn't have bow for, to do that and he didn't. Um, go to child because of that not having requiem um and then the bow was on tectite grotto which was kind of funny but outside of that uh requiem was on burning cack um that's the big reason why gavroni was missing it for a while and because mokela found uh, boomerang first that led to his win um but like i said it was a close finish mokela set fours went earlier in ganon's um and then went to go find the boomerang Whereas Gavroni picked up the boomerang and went up normally. So they were within, you know, a room of each other, I think, at the end. And uh, Mokela got it, though. Uh, one in 357.30. You know something's gone wrong when uh, one of these tournament matches is bordering on four hours. It's uh, <laughs> There's not many of them. The, yeah. only, the, the only four hours I've ever I've seen in recent tournaments is the Season 2 finals. So... <laughs> yeah i think there was one over four hours i'd have to take a look back but i'm, I'm pretty sure we had one already over four in this in this tournament at a cursory glance i don't see anything maybe not this one's close to it though so it's basically four yeah i think this is the longest match in the tournament so far uh the highest I see before this was a 345, which was actually uh, Machilla versus Sea Falcon in round back in round one. Remember when we had a round one in this tournament? <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> it was uh, three months ago. Yeah, that anyway. does leave our uh, top top twelve runners, joint ninth. 
we have joining Engineer, who we spoke about last time uh, in the match against Cola. We have Gavaroni, Nephistos, and Rosca Tyrant there. And Mokilla moves on to phase Cola, which is our next match to talk about. Um, the completion time for this one is inflated due to a controller FBA issue uh, that I think Mokilla had. Um, Cola did wait longer than the required time, so that's uh, good on him, I guess. It's good sportsmanship. But uh, both players, they did the three-song start. Cola's execution was better in this race overall, so it led to a small advantage that kept growing a little bit bigger um, as he went through all the areas that they both did, um, kind of having a very similar start overall. Cola did stay child longer for segment one for child, um, led to him finding a bow in child Goron City. Uh, a lot of people, they tend to staple that on to Lost Woods now as kind of a hedge of, well, what, what if there's an item there? I can do two or three checks. I don't have to search for an item later. Leads to faster grub modes overall. So makes sense why he did that. A uh, 40 skull hint here was a strength upgrade. They both got it relatively early. Interesting thing about this one is Mokilla never got this. Never all he also never farmed skulls with the hint. So just kind of going back to what we discussed before with Grudo training grounds, like some people, yeah, they choose not to do it. Well, this is probably one of the more well-known players that just doesn't do skulls. So uh, it was interesting seeing that in a tournament setting for sure. Um, but Kola found the ring before Mokilla, and that led to a one dungeon advantage at that point. So that small lead just kept growing bigger and bigger. It led to a whole dungeon. Um, he's also missing the hook shot while Kola had, had a long shot and was clearing water. So uh, he had four meds to Mokilla's two at that point. So the, the lead just kept getting bigger and bigger at this point. The rang was on 20 skulls too, which is the worst part of this that I think Mokilla stopped around like 10 or 15 or something and just never got 20, not for a long time at least. Um, and the hookshot was on Jabu, uh, the third chest. I think that was the, the one with all the uh, the shabooms in it. The, uh, the long shot was also on Child Spirit and Wreck was on Prelude from doing Jabu. So this is like Skulls the Seed. If he just did 40 Skulls, he just finished the Seed pretty fast overall. All the other progression was in pretty not terrible locations but can definitely catch some people off guard like child goron city or um that, that those kinds of areas and uh mokilla did find dins and then the the other strength in the seed was in bomb of the well um which cola avoided for a while you know, that was the strength too whereas cola i think got the 41 um and then caught up uh, Mokilla caught up a loss, but it wasn't enough to defeat Cola after finding that other strength. So he never had to do any like skull routing or anything like that. Um, couldn't really make up a, about a 15 uh, skull deficit and was behind one progression dungeon when Cola finished. So Cola won in 328.16, moves on to face Cariosa. And that leaves Mochilla in top eight there. And. Uh... Yeah, we'll come back to the top eight a bit later. For now, Cola versus Cariosa. Twenty-second and twenty-sixth seeds playing for a top four spot here. So 
they got bombs very early. Mido's house bomb bag into bomb chew bowling strength. So both of them got those straight away. Uh, they got a vanilla Zelda's lullaby. And Karyosa took the one song and went straight to adult from there. While Cola carried on through the three song route. Uh, Karyosa goes to Way of the Hero Dodongo's cavern. And picks up the hover boots and the hammer. And Shadow and Fire are both stones. So for Not a long time... <laughs> yeah. So for a long time, there's no idea why these things are needed. And it could be either one, but not, you don't really want it to be either of them. Um, they eventually pick up a hint for the first hookshot on 30 skulls. And then quite a bit later, Cola, during adult, finds a hint for a, another hookshot. On the Shadow Floor Master. Oof. So that's why those hovers were Way of the Hero. Um, the first hint for that was in a barren Death Mountain trail as well. So Karyosa didn't go up there. Kola went in, grabbed the hint near Big Goron before leaving. Uh, the other copy of the hint was at the start of Lake Hylia though. So Karyosa did go back and get it eventually. And, you know, naturally did a double take on it. As you do. So, a bit later, Kola comes into Lake Hylia as well, um, from Hyrule Field, while Karyosa goes through Gerudo Valley. And they both ended up around Lake Hylia at the same sort of time. Kola looks in the water and sees Strength 2 underwater, but doesn't have a scale. Karyosa does Gerudo Valley first, and picks up Strength 2 in the waterfall, and then sees Strength 3 underwater. <laughs> Oh my god. Did so, he have a scale at that point? No, neither of them had a scale. Okay. Yeah. Um, eventually, Cola did find one, but it was in the upper boulder maze of fire. Um, so it was quite far into the seed, and by that point, Karyosa just had way too much of a lead. Um, kind of followed that strength too into spirit, found Din's fire, so you could go to shadow, which was way of the hero, as well as having the long shot found the letter, and that was everything but the light arrows. Um, Karyosa actually made a play there as well, left Spirit partway through, despite it being a medallion, to go and do Shadow, knowing it was Way of the Hero. Because at that point it was a 50-50 light arrows or Ruto's letter, and the fact that it was a letter meant Karyosa could just basically rush through everything and then get the hint. Picks up the hint, and just to throw one last kick with this seed, uh, the light arrows are in the toilet of GTG. Just because, of course. It's a pretty meme location. Kind of a meme seed, right? Like, you've got toi some toilet action, you got Valley leading to a win, right? Like, mm -hmm. this is all very weird and not, not something you see every day. And then just like the third strength in, in the lake, it's just a weird. Skull seed, deep stone shadow. Both like, hooks hinted at. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was it was a wild seed, but yeah, the uh the strength two really made the big difference and Cola, yeah, just never went to Gerudo Valley, never saw the waterfall, uh peaked the crate as adult, and then that was it. Went into the fortress from there. So Karyosa kind of ran away with that advantage and did take the win there in two hours 57 minutes so cola falling 
joint fifth. Top six, yeah. Which is... Yeah. <laughs> Colo's just been crushing every tournament. Last season he made top four or top six as well, I think, right? I think it was top six as well, yeah. Um, Either Cola, or, yeah. yeah, Cola twice has come into these tournaments with a, you know, underseeded and then just made a tear through the bracket, so... Gotta which, respect Cola. You know, Fantastic we could say... Could say the same for Cariosa, but we'll uh, we'll get to that one a bit later, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm definitely polling for all the people named after soft drinks. So um, <laughs> I'm on, I'm Team Cola for all the way. But it was sad seeing him go. But yeah, Cariosa played pretty well. So after that, we do have one more match to talk about before we get to the remaining players. Even though there are only six players left at this point, who we've not, you know mentioned being uh out the tournament so we did have one more winners match to talk about winners final baby oh boy this one was exciting and this was fantastic. an insane race if you Just... first off if you haven't watched this pause this whatever you want <laughs> go watch this match this is absolutely oh, wild yeah absolutely worth watching a hundred percent it is one of the closest matches I've ever seen. It is one of the highest execution matches I've ever seen. Um, there was so much metagaming and, like, not just decision-making, but, like, very personal decision-making based on who they were against. It was just a masterclass, honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is uh, one that's going to be in the history books forever, I'm sure. So... They were very synced up initially. Um, Marco went to Valley immediately after Deku Tree, while Bono went to Lake Hylia and then Gerudo Valley. Um, I think Lake was Way of the Hero. Both of them kind of went there and then had Gerudo Valley mixed in, but they did it in a slightly different order, picked up uh, some pretty key hints there. I think Gerudo Valley hint was the river chest of water had a strength upgrade. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, I th Bono ended up doing that in his child too, because after he did Three Song into Deku, I think he went straight adult. Mm. And don't think he found anything of super value, I want to say. It was uh, a very short adult, I think, yeah. Yeah, he just went there. I think he might have done DC. And then went straight back child and did Valley to Lake. And uh, yeah, Lake was with Hero for hovers on child fishing, but also hammer on adult fishing, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Marco got that fairly early in his adult because they had Serenade as well, I think, from their three songs. So after he did his child section, he had they had Hook, so he just went straight to adult Lake to make sure it wasn't hovers because I'm Shadows of Stone, I want to say. So. Weren't too sure about it. I mean, the, the big thing though was their their execution. It was just we have to I mention mean, this for... was a jet seat. This this super basic jet. I don't remember the meds. I'm pretty sure what I said is true though. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure it was a pretty fast race. Um, I mean, two hours. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> this is two of the best players though, and and Rando right now, like having a finish of. 208.40. I'm not going to say who did it yet, but 
um man just really really well played um all 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 around and for the first 20 minutes though like they both did the exact same thing and they were pretty much in sync for a full 20 minutes it was just you never to be fully in sync with another player that you're racing against like just that doesn't happen for segments that long usually usually and there's some like uh, yeah these are two players who you know probably know each other better than any other two players in the community i think you could you could pick any two people and i don't think they would know each other's habits as well as marco and bono do and so like if you listen to the post-race interview they're talking about you know oh i went to bottom of the well and i found strength in there and that was a really big deal because bono had strength far earlier than marco did but then marco was like oh yeah i dipped into forest and i knew you wouldn't have and bono was like oh yeah i knew you would have so i avoided it bono didn't pick up the uh adult forest song until after getting the light arrow hint from ganondorf and finding that they were in forest like the the they know each other so well and they were making just calls and reads the entire way through this race that i don't think either of them you could say played their usual style because they were both reading their opponent and it's just like the next level yeah and on top of that the seed was very fast, so they got a lot of items quickly, and that ch that strength in bottom of the well that Bono got a lot earlier was massive because they knew the other strength was in river chest and water. So as soon as they were able to access water, they both just rushed straight there. It was Marco's first strength, if I remember co correctly, that river chest one. Yeah. He went through the well after, mm -hmm. and Bono's carried that into... Uh, Spirits and Turmovo had a uh, letter where was the glow mode? Bono was still missing light arrows while Marco had them. But Marco was a bit behind, but not by much. He went to bottom of the well not long after, got the strength two in there, went to the spirit. Biggest, like... The biggest difference on that end was that Marco dipped shadow before going to bottom of the well, found a bomb bag, which made him realize that the one in Kakariko wasn't Way of the Hero. So he went back to Kakariko and found a Zora tunic on chickens. Which was way the hero for strength access in water. Yeah. But that at least brought him back to bottom of the well instead. And so, yeah, that, but those literally just the first two checks of shadow was basically the only big difference between them. Mm -hmm. And then the end of the seed was wild. They had all of Jabu. Bono had all of Jabu. He literally skipped every single check didn't even care if flight errors were there like just push to the end get that hint it's, there's so much more odds it's not in there that it's a very very strong play to do and at that point marco's right behind him in uh about to finish spirit he's like oh my god how close is this and marco but, already has the light arrows at this stage. right yeah marco has the light arrows while bono hasn't and at that point like progression wise bono was like seven six minutes ahead but getting those light arrows in for us takes about seven six minutes so like is marco ahead chat was debating left and right now uh, marco said no 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 bono's ahead it's so much faster but no bono doesn't have a warp song to forest temple he has to walk there and it was it was wild like i think my favorite moment in that was there was a section after they finished their dungeons bono's on the way to pick up uh the hint goes towards Ganon's castle and it's like 
I think uh, Chimp on comms was like, I think Bono's got the edge here. Unless Bono does something really big, I do think Bono has the advantage. And just as he's saying that, Bono goes to walk into Ganon's castle and just walks off the bridge. <laughs> yeah, that's, he he, uh, he did walk off the bridge after... He, he, got, he walked off the bridge after he got the light arrows at the end when they were both on their way to climbing. Bono already climbed, so he had killed everything while Marco was inside, so everybody was just gasping for air at that point. It was like... The last ten minutes of the race or so was kind of um, like the last five, not even. It was a five. Yeah. And after Bono fell, everything changed. Literally, as they enter the Ganondorf cutscene, they're literally. I think Bono was like three frames ahead. It was super close, like insanely close. And the Ganondorf fight was where. It kind of uh, slipped away for one of the racers. Where Ganondorf was just not nice and just blasted Marco right off. And that made him lose, basically, the race, which is <laughs> wild. Uh, Bono didn't make a single mistake on Ganondorf to Ganon, so I was fairly clean while Marco unfortunately was about 11 to 10 seconds behind Bono in the final cutscene and Bono just finishes right before him so yeah like it's absolutely crazy that it came down to 11 seconds um so like yeah for the record Bono finished 208.40 and Marco finished 208.51 like one of the absolute closest races I've ever seen. Easily the closest in this tournament. Yeah, usually you see that in like a lot of faster speed games and randomizers, like 11 seconds there would be like maybe a 30 minute run. Yeah, okay, right, right. Sure. It's not rando. Like, right. being that close in a rando race is absurd. Yeah, something that usually takes multiple hours being 10 second, 11 second difference. Yep, but closest match this tournament. Oh, yeah. And with that, Benuru is going to be waiting in grand finals. While Marco still gonna Marco still has a good chance of getting back to grand finals, but he's waiting in the losers finals instead, which is still to be determined because we still have about four races before we decide that. So we have six players left in the tournament at this stage. So firstly, let's start with waiting in grand finals the advantage the you know presumably at this stage the current favorite is Bonuru. has in in order defeated riley cola nephistos cariosa and marco like that's a that's a hell of a list right there um the sixth seed in the tournament, but, you know, they're all fairly close at this stage. And previous record in Season 2 lost in Losers' Finals to Marco. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> um, and yeah, of course, waiting down in Losers' Finals there is Marco, number one seed, who has beaten 
Earl Weird, Martin, Machilla, and what the hell so far? Before taking that loss to Benuru. Did win season two. Um, was also in season one, I think went one and two there. Uh, and is just, yeah, waiting on a handful of matches down in Losers Finals now. And the path to the Losers Finals is paved with blood. And here are our players that are still fighting uh, to be in it. We got Cariosa, uh, the 26th seed. So the lowest seeded player left in the tournament fighting to stay alive. Uh, been play playing pretty well on uh, most of the tournament. Um, he defeated in order Phoenix Feather, Gavaroni, and Rosca Tyrant uh, with a round four loss to Benuru, who is uh, waiting on his next victim. Uh, it is this Karios is one of two players left in the tournament that wasn't in season one or the season two tournament brackets. So, a uh, fairly new face to the tourney scene. Uh, with what the hell's seed number four? He's also waiting um, on an opponent. Fourth seed defeating in an order here: Mr. Mario, Glitchymon, and Engineer. Some very strong opponents with a round four loss to Marco. He was second place in the season one and season two tournaments. Um, kind of notoriously, well, not notoriously, kind of funnily in a way, but uh, it was winner's finals winner both times. This is the first time what the hell's happened is in loser's finals. So uh, we're paving new territory here, seeing what happens potentially. Maybe uh changes how he plays or... You know, the end result, maybe he'll get to the finals again. Be kind of cool to see if uh, he could get to the finals three times in a row. He's a hell of a player, right? Um, of note, though, uh, there was a tournament uh, in real life. Uh, I think it was Speed Games Live. Um, Speed Gaming Live, yeah. A tournament yeah. IRL. Yeah, and he uh, ended up winning that one uh, against Namaha. So we know he could win tournaments, just not... The, the main randomizer tournament uh, so far. So we'll, we'll see if he can kind of pull it out here. But uh, two very strong contenders uh, potentially facing Marco in losers finals, which is uh, scary to think about. But that's where we're at in the tournament. There's only monsters left. So moving along for the fifth player of the six, Phoenix Feather, whose path is a bit different he got knocked out round one in right into losers by cariosa but has made a very 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 impressive run through losers bracket bracket by defeating in order gs kirox glitchimon zef nephistos and is currently scheduling as currently scheduled his math match with keizo for loser bracket round five he's the other of the two players that did not compete in season one or a season two tournament but He's been a very long time OTR player, uh, OT player, especially through Bingo, I think is where he's mostly shined. And the, the players there that he eliminated are just very outstanding players as well. So kudos to Phoenix Feather for stepping up this tournament and showing that he's a really, really good player. And Rando has just become uh, the main thing he's been doing. So, yeah. And uh, the last... And the sixth person of this tournament still left is Keizo, which is the eighth seed. I forgot to mention Phoenix Feather was the seventh seed. Um, but Keizo uh, 
the matches in his order. He beat Just Sam round one. He lost to Mochilla round two. But after that, he did a pretty nice run through losers by beating Mean Mido, Mr. Mr. Martin, and Roscoe Tyron, which we just covered today. Currently has a match scheduled with Phoenix Feathers for a loser bracket round five. He he was one of the like kind of underlying sleepers in season two where not a lot of people lost uh, talked uh, talked about him. He did lose uh, right away in loser bracket round one in season two. So, you know, he was not like he didn't make this deeper run uh, in season two. So very impressive stuff coming from Kazo. Not a lot of people expected him to get this far, even though he's yet seed, but he's definitely shown that he deserves the position he was in. So, I think there's a lot we can talk about with all six of these players. Obviously, we've got Marco, Bono, what the hells. All three of them, you know, if you're asked to name your top five, like, the best five players in the community, almost everyone will include those three in that list. Just without a doubt. Cariosa and Phoenix are both kind of the newcomers at this stage. Cariosa has been around, but this is the kind of breakout performance. Phoenix is, as you say, you know, been around the OOT scene, but not necessarily the randomizer scene until recently. Keizo is the interesting one here to me because Keizo, and you can see it in Keizo's play quite a lot of the time as well, kind of falls back on a lot of the old season two habits, but it's working. Keizo, you know, isn't one of like the top names and isn't someone who's like risen up over the last few months. Keizo is just consistently performing but has just kind of been around and just stayed around and has just stepped up that little extra bit to make it through this far and it is worth noting actually Keizo is the only one of these six uh, remaining I guess five in losers bracket who didn't lose to one of the other remaining players in the tournament um you know, everyone else took their loss to somebody who's still in. Uh, Keizo didn't. Um, but the person that beat Keizo got eliminated in the round that Keizo is currently in. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I mean, a third of the remaining players losing to Bono, one losing to Marco, one losing to Carioso. It's It seems really stacked in Bonnaroo's favor here. Got to... If I was a betting man, I would definitely put money on Bonnaroo. You say that, but here's an interesting statistic that the person that reached the winner's finals from the winner's side never won the tournament in season one or season two, which was what the hell, sorry, what the hell's... <laughs> yeah, in both of those, it was what the hell's happened. And yeah, so the, the, like like you said earlier, this is the first time what the hell's has ever hit loser's bracket, um, which is insane. That is a ridiculous ridiculous record like that puts what the hell's something like well it must be like 13 and 3 over all of the tournaments if not better um i guess 13 5 eventually losing both like the reset and the finals yeah but um just an absolutely unbelievable record and you know, what the hell's is one of those players as well who is a little bit unpredictable, I think. Marco and Bono tend to be more consistent in terms of the top runners, whereas what the hell's will make the plays that other people 
don't tend to want to risk. He likes to rush, <laughs> as people like to meme. And it, yeah, it's kind of funny because like Cariosa is a similar playstyle, I think, but Cariosa's is a little more high variance. And so coming into the tournament, I think. I, I, okay, I will admit this now. I was probably one of these people. A lot of people did not give Cariosa much of a chance. Nope, I didn't. <laughs> Cariosa is very kind of high variance. Sometimes it works wonders and sometimes it just kind of falls apart. But it's very obvious that Cariosa has not just kind of honed that a bit. Like, you can see that that style is working. But you can see that the execution is top-notch. You can see that, like, a lot of the, like, kind of more out-there risks that Cariosa would have taken three, four months ago aren't showing up now. It just feels like a more refined version of the old Cariosa. If you look at the uh, season... Season 2 bracket, if... Challenge has a, a way of like displaying the final results. It's really funny. It's Supreme Champion Marco. It's like, okay. Worthy adversary, what the hell's happened? Okay. Maybe next time, Banuru. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean maybe next time? He's gonna win. It's looking like it, yeah, looking like next time. Uh, Challenge but... knew the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all of last season's top three are in our remaining six players. Like, yeah, Keizo is like the kind of season two callback at this point, and then Phoenix Feather is kind of the new name, and Cariosa, Cariosa is 26th seed, while all of the others are top eight. Um, like, there are reasons to support everyone in this final six. Let's make this personal. Who do we want to, who do you all want to win, and who do you all think will win out of the remaining six players? Oh. Want and think is two different. Yes, can do- no, no, I'm asking okay. both. I'm asking both. Uh, okay, I guess I'll go first since I brought it up. I think I I want. I think I want what the hell's to win with. Uh, he could have a nice Cinderella story of he made it twice in the finals in season one and season two, but couldn't quite edge out the victory. But this time around, I think he, he it'd be great for him to come back and just take it all. But if I'm being honest, I think. Odds on favorite at this point, it's been in Uru. He's been playing completely out of his mind this tournament. I don't think I've seen him make one super major mistake. And honestly, it's just been demolishing everybody. (laughs) I think Marco is going to win. I think it's close between Marco and Bono at this stage, but I do think Marco will take it. I kind of agree that I'd love to see what the hells get it. Uh, it feels, it feels like it's been kind, um, but I also part of me just wants to see Cariosa take it. You know, probably the biggest underdog story at this stage. It would like nobody, nobody would have called it, and I, I've always got a root for an underdog at this stage. I don't know if you can still call Cariosa an underdog at this stage, but we'll go with seeding, and I will. I, I kind of want Cariosa to take it. Hmm. Looking at these six players, I'm just, like, imagining them all sitting in a chair in, like, a room. with like... <laughs> hmm. And I'm just, like, standing there with a clipboard. Who's going to win today? Um... 
trial now. You've got all the like crossed out faces of everyone else who's oh been eliminated. And... Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these streets are paved with blood. Um, I really want what the hell's to win. Um, kind of for the same reasons Yoshi said. I think it's 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 time you break the curse. Just just win the tournament this time, or he's not gonna or he's not gonna make winners finals. Uh, I I think that's equally likely. Uh, because he has to beat Marco, and I don't know, <laughs> track record's not extremely good on that, so gonna have to prove something. But um, who do I think is gonna win? I think Bonnaroo is just gonna win. Um, just it makes the most sense in terms of where he has is placed in the tournament, and then if Marco loses losers finals, then um, of the remaining players that are left, I don't think anybody has an advantage on him. Uh, I think what the hells could beat him, so maybe a uh, close second there, but uh, I think Bonnaroo would take it. Alrighty, so yeah, the remaining matches, I don't know if we've gone through it in order through the route, but it is pretty much at this point, every match is just a win and move on to the next person. So Phoenix Feather versus Keizo, the winner moves on to face what the hells, the winner moves on to face Cariosa, the winner moves on to face Marco, and the winner goes into grand finals at a slight disadvantage against Benuru. Yeah, and that slight disadvantage, uh, if Benuru wins, it's it's over, right? And then if the loser's bracket winner wins... It's double limb, so even the person that reached grand finals has two chances to, to stay alive, so... Yeah, it ends up working out as like a best of three, but Bono starts 1-0 up. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. So yeah, that's uh, probably why we're, you know, all reasonably expecting Bono, or maybe Marco to win. But I don't know. We've seen we've seen enough runs through losers bracket already. Phoenix, you know, fell down in round one and is still standing. So and Kazo fell down in round two. So right, because it will still happen. All to play for still. And that will do it for this week's episode on the podcast. And just a special thank you to all the players in the tournament for giving us such a good tournament to cover. Uh, I know it's been some time. Uh, I think it's like December we had the bracket posted and played and start until January of this year. So a uh, very nice three to four months of tournament play that we've seen and a lot of great matches that have come as a result of that. Uh, just a quick note here on scheduling uh, and for our podcast released. Um, because we're near the end of the tournament anyway, uh, we felt that it was best probably not to split up the like recaps um, for like one week and then the, the next week we would have a main topic. Uh, we're just going to condense that out into one episode. We feel like there's just not enough really content spread out enough to do that. So every other um, week we'll have an episode release. And so uh, we'll see you all again in two weeks here on the podcast. And as always, if you've got any topics you'd like to hear us talk about, we'd be happy to hear those suggestions in the OOTR Discord. There's the Gossip Stone podcast channel. Share your thoughts there. Let us know what you want to hear. And let us know if you think there's somebody you'd particularly want to hear from. We'll get a lot of guests involved where we can. There's a lot of topics that we want to talk about, but we want to know what you want to hear. And with that, I'm Yoshi. I'm Emo Soda. And I'm Riley, and we'll see you all next time on the Gossip Stone Podcast.